This episode of Shameless is brought to you by Elite 11. Celebrate their eighth birthday and get involved in all the fun. You might have seen the movies because the relationship between Elvis and Priscilla is one of the most fascinating celebrity stories of all time. But the films only tell so much. And the nitty gritty details, well, they're just next level. Welcome to Scandal from Shameless Podcast, the stories of the biggest celebrity controversies revisited. Hello, Zara McDonald. Hi, we are here, part two of three. We are, and we are pumped about it. Let's cover off what we talked about in episode one. We introduced you guys to Priscilla and Elvis. They met when Elvis was serving in the military in Germany. He was a 24-year-old rock star and she was a 14-year-old schoolgirl. Their lives literally could not have looked more different. Yeah, the story of how they met was really odd. Grim, I would say. Quite troubling. Now, Elvis introduced Priscilla to drugs so that she could stay up late with him at night and not fall asleep at school during the day. For whatever reason, her parents let her date Elvis. They seemed to have their reservations, but then always kind of ended up at the point where they let her hang out with him. Now, Elvis and Priscilla's relationship was not sexual yet. They would kiss, but Elvis refused to consummate the relationship, which we'll speak more about in the episode today. Yeah. And of course, Elvis had more than a few women in his life outside of his bond with Priscilla. He had a long-term serious girlfriend back in America named Anita and a very long list of women he would sleep with whenever he felt like. Yeah. In 1960, (laughs) he finished his stint in the military. He returned to America to resume his life as as a rock star. He went straight back to Anita and it seems began an affair with Nancy Sinatra as well. Yes. For two years, two years, <laughs> Elvis barely contacted Priscilla until 1962 when he called to ask her if she would visit him in LA. And that's where we left off with a 16-year-old Priscilla wanting to go and visit her much older kind of boyfriend in LA. Let's rewind now to 1962. <laughs> All right, Zara. As we told the listeners in episode one, Priscilla's parents decided it was fine for their 16-year-old teenager to travel across the world to spend time with her adult rock star boyfriend. Yes, of course. Now, we can't forget, (laughs) as we've said, adult rock star boyfriend who was at this stage still in a five-year-long relationship with a woman named Anita. I mean, I'm sure Priscilla's parents didn't know that bit. Well, it was. Uh, this but is then, the tricky thing. The media kind of reported on it. But it wasn't like they had the internet. Mm. The media reported on it. But if you weren't actually reading those specific reports at those specific times, would you have known? God, I'm such a product of being born in 1994. Yeah, I was just imagining it. Priscilla's parents scrolling Twitter or yeah. something. <laughs> <laughs> and it popping up. Now, over the time that they'd been separated, which, as we said, was a little over two years, lots had changed in Elvis's life. When they were together in Germany, Priscilla knew him as like a lonely man serving in the army away from home. He was mourning his mother. Now he was kind of back to Elvis Presley, the movie star, the rock star, and the world's most in-demand man. Yeah, this was clear to Priscilla as she observed in her memoir, Elvis and Me. I couldn't help noticing that there had been a slight change in Elvis. He'd left Germany a gentle, sensitive and insecure boy. Through the course of the first evening in LA, I'd see that 
he was now mischievous and self-confident to the point of cockiness. He also seemed quick to anger. Yeah, Elvis's entourage had of course followed him to LA and they were still ever present. Seems to be a very common thread in the mm. life of Elvis. Priscilla wrote in her memoir that dating Elvis meant constantly being part of a crowd, all competing for his attention. For example, on that first night in LA, it apparently took ages for him to take Priscilla aside for some alone time. Once they were finally alone together, he told her tearfully, God, you don't know how much I've missed you. You've been an inspiration to me. Don't ask me why, but I haven't been able to put you out of my mind since I left you in Germany. It's been the one thing that kept me going. Mm. But two years. <laughs> two years. <laughs> two and a bit years later. But you didn't the, talk only, to her. the only woman he's thought of, of course. Now, she wrote in her memoir, Priscilla wrote in her memoir, that Elvis still did not want to have sex with her with the explanation of, we have a lot to look forward to. I'm not going to spoil you. I just want to keep you the way you are for now. There'll be a right time and place. And when the moment comes, I'll know it. Yeah, that first night, Elvis had Priscilla stay with a friend of his and not at his house. She later found out that this was because he had sent Anita back to his house, his mansion Graceland, in Memphis the day before and had been expecting a late-night phone call from her that evening. In his defence, it's tricky juggling all these women. Well, it would be The quite, logistics. That's <laughs> stressful. Now, the next day, Elvis asked Priscilla if she would like to leave LA and go to Vegas with him. Now, she wrote about this in Elvis and Me. I never dreamed of going there, and I really didn't know what to expect. Actually, I really didn't care where we went as long as I was with him. Yeah. She did need to placate her parents, though, who approved of her being in LA, but they did not know and would not have approved of the idea of her going to Vegas. So she had to lie. To keep up the pretense that she was still in Los Angeles and not Las Vegas, Priscilla pre-wrote all of her daily letters for her trip and got a member of Elvis's team to mail them each day from an LA address so her parents wouldn't catch on to the truth. Yeah. Now, if Elvis's behaviour in LA had been slightly concerning, you know, as we said, quick to anger, being surrounded by a lot of people. How he behaved in Vegas was definitely a cause for concern. For starters, she noticed that Elvis was taking an increasing amount of sleeping pills each night. She said, the pills mystified me, but I felt Elvis must know what was best for him and I decided to put the matter out of my mind. Mm. I mean, you're 16 years old. How are you meant to know what's right or wrong? Like the naivety of a 16-year-old. Yeah. You would just genuinely have no touch point for what is yeah. normal behaviour. Well, or... Yeah, I think I phrased it wrong. It's not like you don't know what's right or wrong, but it's all relative. You don't know what's normal. And you don't know how most adults behave. Yeah. Like This is kind of her first insight into adult life. As we said as well, Elvis was struggling with anger issues around this time. Priscilla wrote that when she made a suggestion that he could maybe record some more fast-paced songs, he snapped at her. She wrote, Elvis shot me a look of such pure disgust that I was petrified. God damn it, he snapped. I didn't ask for your opinion on what style I should sing. I asked if you like the songs, that's all, yes or no. I get enough amateur opinions as it is. She says he got up, went to the bedroom and slammed the door. Yeah, after this episode, Priscilla said Elvis apologised emphatically. But this was kind of the start of a pattern. Elvis snapping, then apologising profusely. It would become pretty commonplace for the rest of their relationship. Now, for Priscilla, the Vegas trip was a blur. She wrote of her recollections of the trip in Elvis and Me. We slept during the day and played at night. If there was a show, we saw it. If there was a casino, we played it. To help me adapt to this fast-paced lifestyle and unusual hours, I would join Elvis and the others in taking amphetamines and sleeping pills. Despite whatever misgivings I had about the pills, I took them. In order for me to keep up, they became essential. Once again, before they parted, Elvis reminded 
reminded Priscilla that he wanted her to remain a virgin. He said, I want you back the way you are now. And remember, I'll always know. Yuck. Mm. Mm. It was around this time on this trip, by the way, that Elvis had begun to control Priscilla's look and style. He apparently took her shopping and spent quite lavishly on her but always made it clear that the shopping would be done according to his vision. According to Priscilla, Elvis said this, Everyone has their hair done in Vegas. You need to apply more makeup around your eyes, make them stand out more. They're too plain naturally. I like a lot of makeup. It defines your features. Now, Elvis's vision became Priscilla's new look. Like, she slotted into his mould of what the ideal woman should look like and returned home totally transformed, much to the frustration, apparently, of her parents. According to Careless Love, when Priscilla's mum went to embrace her at the airport, she kind of pulled out a handheld mirror and said, look at yourself, how could you walk off the plane like that? Now... Obviously, Priscilla was too far gone by this point. She was too swept up in the world that awaited her in America. And so Elvis made arrangements for her to come to Graceland in Memphis for Christmas in 1962, which was just a few months away. She's still 16 at this point. Still 16. Priscilla's parents were growing increasingly alarmed at the fact that Elvis hadn't gone away yet. Of this, Priscilla wrote, My parents were as confused as any caring parents would be, hoping the problem would eventually go away but I didn't make it easy for them. What had started out as a simple introduction to the world's greatest rock and roll star had turned into a nightmare for them. I am really trying to find it in myself to feel sorry for Priscilla's parents in this situation. But I just can't see how they made so many poor decisions to get themselves to this point. I know some parents of maybe rebellious teenagers say, well, I have to let them rebel, otherwise they're going to leave the house or whatever. She didn't have the means to do any of this without them enabling it. I think it's that. It's like, especially in the 60s, like it may be slightly different in 2024 because you've got phones and you can book your own flights Mm. and there are ways that you can kind of sneak around a little better. In that time, it was much harder to move around the world. They could have gatekept her. They could have really drawn up the damn wall or whatever it is. Especially she didn't have contact with him beyond through a landline and things like that. Yeah. You can... Lock that all up. You can say no. You can say no and they didn't. So it feels bizarre that they would then turn around and be like, why is this guy not going away? It's because you're allowing him to stay around. Yeah. So Priscilla went to Memphis for Christmas. Now, before we tell you about that trip, we should say it was around this time, the end of the US summer in 1962, that Elvis and Anita ended. Essentially, Anita, who was now in her early 20s, couldn't bear to waste more time on a man who was both A, not ready for marriage, and B, in love with a teenager from Germany. I mean, fair, fair, fair. Now, the breakup was explored in Careless Love, and the quotes from Anita are pretty interesting. She said, I wanted a husband and I wanted a home and a family. You know, some people might not have wanted that, but that's what I wanted. And I saw that girls were there continuously and he wasn't going to change. He led me to believe, and I did believe, that they were not important to him. But because they were his fans, he always treated them nice and that he would always come back to me. Always, you know, after every episode, he would just smooth things over and there I'd be. She went on, the fact that this 
little girl had come all the way over from Germany. I mean, I just couldn't believe it. So I just made the decision. It was a very difficult decision because I love him. He was my first love and I hated to give up being with him, enjoying the fun and the super things that we did because I knew there would never be anyone like that again or any way of life like that again, but I was ready for that step. Yes, so with Anita and Elvis over, we need to talk about the Memphis trip. So during this Christmas trip, Elvis gave Priscilla two sleeping tablets saying that they would help her sleep a little better and were a little stronger than what she'd taken before. And they really were stronger because they actually kept her unconscious for two days straight. Mm, When Priscilla finally awoke to Elvis by her bedside, he apparently said, baby, you had us all scared. You've been out for two days on two goddamn 500 milligram placidils. Must have been out of my head giving them to you that way. When Priscilla eventually returned to Germany, she was utterly miserable. So she's like living this life where she's being ferried off on first class tickets to the US and then sent back to Germany where she's like back in high school? Well, you're not going to fit in anywhere. You're not fitting in into this adult life that's not quite ready for you and you're not fitting in back at home because you've been living this life that nobody else would understand. You would feel so discombobulated and lost. Absolutely. So Priscilla and Elvis tried to concoct a plan to get her back to Graceland permanently so she could finish high school in the US with him which meant she now had to convince her parents that this was a good idea. I'm dreading to talk about this because I'm like, it's not funny. No, That's I know. the thing. None of this is funny. Like this is a girl whose parents owed it to her to protect her and they failed so drastically. Yeah. A hundred percent. Her mum said in response to this, why can't he find someone his own age? You're only 16. What is this man doing to our family? Scylla, I'd never forgive myself if I let you go and if you came back to us with a broken heart. You're so young. You have no idea what lies ahead of you. All you know is that you're in love. Do you know how difficult that is to fight? You guys have guessed it. Eventually, Elvis and Priscilla convinced Priscilla's parents to let her finish school in Memphis. Elvis committed to sending her to a good Catholic school (laughs) to have her accompanied by a chaperone at all times and even intimated to her parents that he planned on marrying Priscilla one day. Priscilla has acknowledged the commentary about her parents in the past, by the way. In the Elvis by the Presleys documentary, she actually hinted towards a power imbalance that her parents and herself were well aware of when it came to this relationship with Elvis. She said, I know there are stories about my parents pushing me, but that is outright wrong. My parents were frightened to death of him and who he was and the bigness of Elvis Presley. I also found this quote from Priscilla's book really interesting as well. I think he was attracted by the fact that I had a normal, stable childhood. Most of all, he knew he could depend on me. I wasn't interested in a career or anything else that could draw my attention away from him. I had all the physical attributes that Elvis liked, the fundamentals he could use in turning me into his ideal woman. In short, I had everything he'd been looking for in a woman. Youth and innocence, total devotion and no problems of my own. I firmly resolved to make our relationship work no matter what. I think Priscilla's nailed it. It's mm. like she had the youth of someone that could be molded, mm. a family dynamic where she wasn't coming with a lot of baggage, mm. and no career ambition herself. So he knew she could follow him. I think the interesting thing as well that I just want to make space for is when Priscilla says this stuff in her memoir, she is not framing it in a way that she sees Elvis as some kind of emotional abuser or manipulator. No. She's framing it as like pure love. 
And it's obviously a very hard thing to do because we're coming to this with a 2024 lens, a very yeah. feminist lens on this stuff, which I don't think you can see this or talk about this for anything other than what it was. But Priscilla isn't saying all that stuff from the same angle we are. She does defend Elvis a lot. And it's just a fascinating case study in reading how different two perspectives can be. I think a lot of people read and hear about this story and go, wow, that is grim. But Priscilla tells this story and says, this is love. Well, yeah, she's honest about the details of it, like his anger, his flaws, and she doesn't shy away from the icky details. But I agree with you. You have to make space for the fact that even to this day, she still will say, yeah, Mm -hmm. that. And you have to make space for that perspective. It was her relationship. Mm. It's just impossible to read this and not think about a different side of it as well. My mind is just swimming. Yeah. Yeah. Now, our pop culture journalist Eilish also found this 1985 interview of Priscilla talking to Barbara Walters about why Elvis chose someone so young. We're going to play it for you now. What do you think attracted a 24-year-old star to a 14-year-old inexperienced? Or am, I, or am I telling you just as I say that? Is that what attracted him to you? The inexperienced, yes. I think um, Elvis had been around Hollywood already. He had already seen Hollywood quote-unquote starlets. So I think in his own mind, he thought, well, I'll just um, be with someone and uh, teach her as uh, as it comes and i don't think a lot of older women would have put up <laughs> with a lot of the things that went on all right and so it was decided 16 year old priscilla was going to memphis to finish high school and live at graceland with elvis presley his family and much of his entourage after the break we're going to tell you what happened when she moved her entire life across the world for her rock star boyfriend but first a word from today's sponsor Mish, as you know, of course you know, we're about to celebrate (laughs) Shameless Media's sixth birthday next week. It is such an exciting milestone. But guess what? We have a birthday buddy, our mates at Elite 11. They're a little older than us. They're turning eight (laughs) and they absolutely want to celebrate it with their customers. Our big sisters at Elite 11. Guys, for Elite 11, it's not just about another year passing by, but also celebrating the incredible community that has made them who they are today. Yeah, they're my go-to activewear brand because their athleisure never fails to make me feel confident. Every one of their pieces is made with quality in mind and is so easy to mix and match. Whether it's a sweaty hit workout or a Sunday morning walk, they've got you covered. We've heard they have some exciting plans in the pipeline to mark this special milestone. So go sign up to their mailing list and follow Elite 11 on socials so you're first to know what's in store. Yeah, you don't want to miss out. Of course, if you're stocking up on Elite 11 in the meantime, use our code SHAMELESS10, that's SHAMELESS10, at the checkout to get 10% off. That's SHAMELESS10, SHAMELESS10, for 10% off your next purchase. Shop Elite 11 online on their app or in-store now. Thank you so much to Elite 11 for making this episode of Shameless Possible. All right, Zara, a condition of the arrangement was that Priscilla would not live with Elvis at Graceland full-time, but would instead live with his father, Vernon, and his partner, Dee, for, like, the school week. Yeah, the thing was, Elvis wasn't there all the time. Right. More often than not, he was off in L.A. shooting a movie or in the recording studio, which meant she was home in Memphis to attend school and hang out with his parents, basically. 
and remaining entourage. And she wasn't very happy with her living arrangement with Vernon and Dee. <laughs> Fair <laughs> she enough. wouldn't be, yeah. And so she began gradually spending more and more time at Graceland. And kind of with Elvis away, she managed to basically move in there without anyone noticing. Top tier chaperoning. Yeah, totally. In a word, life at Graceland was isolating. Elvis's cousin Patsy worked as a secretary for the family business in the home office, and Priscilla enjoyed spending time with her until Vernon decided she was too distracting and told Priscilla to steer clear of the office. She also wasn't allowed to have friends over, not that she really had anyone to invite in Memphis. And one day she was severely criticised by one of Dee's friends for sitting on the front lawn and playing with her puppy in full view of the fans that were waiting at Graceland's gates that day. So, you know, she's moved somewhere where she has no friends. She's not allowed to invite anyone over to the house. She's not allowed to speak to Elvis's cousin Patsy, who sounded like she was a similar age to Priscilla. She has no one. She's just in this huge mansion with hardly any people in it with a dog. Yeah, that she's not allowed to play with outside in full view of the fans. Now, with Elvis away for weeks on end, Priscilla decided she might try and get a job to make some money and pass the time. However, Elvis was not having any of that. He told her, it's either me or a career, baby, because when I call you, I need you to be there. Mm. For the record, this was textbook Elvis. When he was dating Anita, he reportedly made her ditch her signed acting contract with Paramount Pictures because he refused to date women who worked. Man after my own. <laughs> 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 Elvis Presley would fucking despise us. Can you imagine trying to have a drink? Imagine us trying to have a conversation with him. I don't Uh, even think he would like respond to us. He'd just get up and walk away. I totally agree. Years later, Priscilla elaborated on their dynamic as a couple at this time. In the documentary we referenced earlier, Elvis by the Presleys, she said, I'm not saying that it was horrible because we did have a good relationship. It was just that it had to be his relationship. It had to be how he wanted a relationship to be. It was not going to be simple, that's for sure. Thank God I knew him from a young age and pretty much adapted to his lifestyle. Yeah. Now, for the record, there was still no sex going on, but the couple was still pretty intimate in other ways, as per Elvis and me. Instead of consummating our love in the usual way, he began teaching me other means of pleasing him. We had a strong connection, much of it sexual. It was the era of the Polaroid and the beginning of the videotape. He was the director and I his star, acting out his fantasies. Yeah, they were dressing up, playing, wrestling and acting out scenes together. Priscilla was often requested by Elvis to dress up in her school uniform or as a secretary or teacher, and Elvis would take Polaroids of her in various scenarios. However, in Elvis and Me, Priscilla was adamant that despite her being a minor, there was nothing wrong with this. She wrote, I lived for those moments we were alone. I was careful to say little that might jeopardize my bond with him. I fulfilled his needs and his beliefs became mine. Under no circumstances were his ideas or playfulness perverted or in any way harmful. Yeah, now she also admits he was controlling. Here's another snippet of Priscilla discussing Elvis's need for control decades later. You honestly didn't have your own life. You lived his life. You saw the movies he wanted to see. You listened to the music he listened to. You go to places that he would go. You really kind of lost yourself. (sighs) Yeah. So apparently Elvis also scrutinized every part of Priscilla from the way she looked to the way she walked. Priscilla claimed that he even had her walk around the house with a book on her head to improve her posture 
and would straighten her back if she ever slumped in front of him. Yeah, she also babied Elvis quite a lot, even going as far to cut up his steak. <laughs> Sorry, why do I find this so funny? Steak for him as a mother would for a child. I hate that this guy became so famous. Now, if something wasn't quite right, Priscilla said he would blow up in those words. Now... While he was insufferable in this way, Priscilla has also been adamant over the years that he was a generous, thoughtful person, particularly when it came to his entourage. She wrote, If Elvis heard someone was sad or depressed, he loved to surprise them with a gift, usually a brand new car. When he gave to one, he usually ended up giving to all. Mm. He also gave many of his friends money to buy their own homes for their families and repeatedly paid for special occasions like weddings. Elvis's cousin claimed that he once bought a pickup truck truck for a stranger he met on the side of the road. Of course, at this time in his life, a constant presence was sleeping and diet pills. And guys, I know this might seem repetitive, but I think we just want to signpost every point in which Priscilla noticed Elvis's drug taking was getting so severe. Because I think, look, I don't think anyone listening to this series is unfamiliar with Elvis's death and how young he was when he did die. So we just want to signpost this for you all. As per Elvis and me, in the lead up to Priscilla's high school graduation, Elvis was always reading up on pills, always checking to see what was on the market. He referred to them by their medical names and knew all of their ingredients. He always assured me that he didn't need pills, that he could never become dependent on them. Yeah, now Priscilla's high school graduation drew closer and it soon became pretty clear that she was not going to pass one of her exams. And if she didn't pass all her exams, it means she'd have to take the whole class again and not graduate. So during the exam, she bribed a classmate with an invite to one of Elvis Presley's parties in exchange for the correct answers. It worked. Priscilla passed and she was finally set to graduate from high school. Mm, Elvis made a big deal out of this. He took it as another opportunity to be generous and bought her a red Corvair, which was her very first car. Nervous about drawing attention away from her classmates, Priscilla actually asked Elvis to wait outside as the graduation ceremony took place. She wrote in her book, as soon as I could get away, I ran outside. In front of the church, Elvis and the boys were standing by the long black limo. Around the them, a group of nuns were clamoring for Elvis's autograph. As soon as she graduated, Priscilla was free to spend every waking moment with Elvis. In Elvis and Me, she wrote about staying in bed with him for days on end. She said Elvis would leave word that he wanted no calls unless it's my daddy or an emergency call from the colonel. It was my time and no one else could interfere. He was all mine. It was during one of these moments that Elvis snapped at Priscilla and this time it was more violent than it had been before. After taking uppers together, Elvis and Priscilla had a bit of a pillow fight. Now, after being hit by one of Priscilla's pillows, Elvis suddenly snapped and said, God damn it, not so rough. I don't want to play with a goddamn man. Priscilla wrote that he then grabbed her arm, threw her on the bed and accidentally hit her in the eye while apparently trying to demonstrate how hard she had thrown the pillow at him. Mm. This incident resulted in some serious bruising on her arm and on her eye. She had to wear an eye patch when she, Elvis, and their entourage went to the movies that night. According to Priscilla, Elvis then joked to his friends, couldn't help it. She tried to get rough with me. I had to show her who's boss. Yeah, Priscilla did note that Elvis apologised profusely for the incident, telling her he would never hurt her on purpose. As per Elvis and me, 
The incident frightened me. From then on, I began taking fewer pills and eventually stopped. I tried to persuade him to do the same. I did everything I could for Elvis and we shared many wonderful happy times together. However, his harsh objection to stopping the pills made me realise that there could be a problem. Mm, So, as we've said, life at Graceland fell into this cycle. Elvis was there with his entourage for a few weeks to months and then he would leave for just as long, usually to go to LA to shoot one of his many movies, which always left Priscilla at home alone with his family and housekeepers. Fast forwarding to June 1963 now, that was when Priscilla was 17 and Elvis was 27. He set off to film Viva Las Vegas, which is arguably one of his best known and most successful movies. His co-star and love interest in that movie was the Swedish-American actress, 22-year-old Anne Margaret. At this time, Anne Margaret was experiencing a huge explosion in popularity after her role in the musical movie Bye Bye Birdie. Yeah, now her popularity caused major issues on set. She was a mammoth deal and the Colonel constantly fought with production to include less of her during song and dance numbers and more of Elvis. Like he did unsurprisingly not like Elvis being upstaged by his co-star. I mean, she was even referred to by the press at the time as the female Elvis Presley. Perhaps unsurprisingly to the listeners, during the filming of Viva Las Vegas, Elvis and Anne Margaret developed a romantic relationship while Priscilla was at home essentially alone in Memphis. In Anne Margaret's autobiography, My Story, she wrote that they bonded over music. We looked at each other move and saw virtual mirror images. When Elvis thrust his pelvis, mine slammed forward too. (laughs) (laughs) Here's a snippet of Anne Margaret talking about Elvis years later. Our relationship was very strong and very serious and very real. We went together for one year and he trusted me and I do not want to betray his trust even in death. There's been so much written that has been negative about him. I wanted to celebrate his life, the man that I knew. Yeah, a longtime friend of Elvis's, Lamar Fike, declared that his love for Anne Margaret wasn't just an affair. Lamar said he was really in love with her. It got hot and heavy. Now, even the media cottoned on to their relationship early on as in the first day of shooting the movie, kind of early on. According to Careless Love, a magazine reporter was on set that day and wrote this. Elvis makes a face and shakes his head. It's a flirty, cute expression that isn't in the script, but it delights Anne-Margaret. She laughs and flirts right back. Whenever the dialogue brings Anne-Margaret and Presley together, their roles suddenly become more than play acting, and electricity from two charges the crew with alertness. So although Elvis had mentioned to Priscilla, that he would love for her to come and visit him in LA while he was filming Viva Las Vegas, all of a sudden he really didn't want her there anymore. No. As per Elvis and me, each time I would get ready to join Elvis in Los Angeles, he would delay my visit. One of the excuses given was, well, kind of true, that Elvis was having issues with the director who, as we said, was featuring Anne-Margaret in the film a lot and that, you know, Elvis and the Colonel weren't very happy with this. 
But the other reason Zara was the affair that you just spoke of. Yes, of course. <laughs> now, Priscilla couldn't help but feel sus about the nature of Elvis's relationship with Anne-Margaret. Now, Elvis reassured her over the phone that nothing was going on between them, but Priscilla wasn't convinced. She wrote, My concern was temporarily allayed. I knew his attitude towards actresses was unfavourable. They're into their careers and their man comes second, he'd say. I don't want to be second to anything or anyone. That's why you don't have to worry about my falling in love with my so-called leading ladies. I wanted to believe him. According to Careless Love, one month into filming, a columnist named Bob Thomas announced this in the newspaper. Elvis Presley and Anne Margaret are having a romance. At least that's the way it looks. On set, they hold hands. They disappear into his dressing room between shots. They lunch together in seclusion. Yeah, of that, Priscilla wrote in Elvis and Me, the newspapers were reporting their blossoming affair daily, each article hitting me like a slap in the face. I thought, when will this be over? The news, the gossip, the headlines, the affair. Mm, All of these suspicions came to a head when Priscilla did accompany Elvis to his next film shoot in LA. So to be clear, Viva Las Vegas shooting had wrapped There were still so many reports about this affair. And then when he goes to shoot his next movie, Priscilla insists on coming with him. One morning, the newspapers ran a report that Elvis and Anne-Margaret were engaged. This angered Elvis and he blamed Anne-Margaret for the story and then told Priscilla to go back to Memphis. This story is confusing, but I'm going to keep talking about it and then we'll analyse what the hell's going on in a sec. He said, Honey, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. The press will be hanging around the gate and following me all over for a statement. Colonel suggests maybe you should go back to Memphis till it calms down. I love that. Colonel Mm. suggests. Priscilla, at this point, kind of finally snapped. She screamed at him, telling him she was tired of secrets and sick of the rumours in the papers, which she had reason now to believe were true. She picked up a flower our vase and threw it across the room. To this, Elvis replied angrily, look, God damn it, I didn't know this was going to get out of hand. I want a woman who's going to understand that things like this might just happen. Are you going to be her or not? Things like this might just happen. I might just propose to another woman. So do we think he did propose? Because it's kind of unclear and Margaret's been pretty cagey about the specific details. I think he did. I think he absolutely did. Because the detail of Elvis blamed Anne-Margaret for the story. I mean, obviously, we're across so many different things on this story now. In the movie that I watched, Priscilla, it's framed that Anne-Margaret told reporters over in London that they were engaged. And then Anne-Margaret kind of backtracked and said the reporters took my words out of context. I think it's left hazy for a reason. I'm not sure anyone actually knows. My gut feeling is yes, He proposed, yes, she told a reporter, and then later said, oh, no, I've been taken out of context. Yeah, now Priscilla returned to Graceland understandably devastated. Two weeks later, Elvis joined her there and had a confession and an apology ready to go. He told her, it's over, Scylla, I swear to you, it's over. I guess I got caught up in a situation that was out of hand from the beginning. Don't get me wrong, she's a nice girl, but not for me. (sighs) Priscilla wrote, I didn't want to hear anymore. I looked up at him, half listening to what he was saying and at the same time asking myself how I could go on, knowing that the future would only bring more temptations for him. Yeah, for what it's worth, in her biography, Anne-Margaret wrote about the end of her relationship with Elvis. She said, There were other factors in Elvis's life that forced him to part from me, and I understood them. Elvis had always been honest with me, but it was still a confusing situation. We continued to see each other periodically until we had dated for almost a year. 
Then everything halted. We knew the relationship had to end. Mm. Despite that, Anne Margaret has spoken quite fondly about Elvis over the years. In her book, she also wrote, We were indeed soulmates, shy on the outside, but unbridled within. It's a bit rough to read that. It is rough. And in Careless Love, various people in Elvis's life say his soulmate was Anne Margaret. Yeah. Like his kindred spirit twin flame was Anne Margaret. And I wonder because he'd spent so much of his life convincing himself and everyone around him that he didn't want any woman who wanted a career Mm. or who basically had a life if this was destined to fail from the outset. Now, when their discussion about the affair was finally over, Elvis laughed and told Priscilla, for such a little girl, you're a typical woman. I guess I've got to keep on my toes. (sighs) To this, Priscilla wrote, I returned his smile but thought, no, I'm the one that has to keep on her toes. A mutual friendship and professional respect between Elvis and Anne-Margaret would continue until his death. Do you read that to mean that maybe the affair continued until his death? Well, I think Anne-Margaret has hinted over the years as well that it kept going. Yeah. And... A mutual friendship. Like, yeah. friends, really? Yeah. Priscilla wrote in Elvis and Me, I got crazed with worry. Before I started traveling with Elvis on a permanent basis, I discovered notes and cards tucked away on a shelf in his closet, notes that read, I had a wonderful time, honey. Thanks for the evening. Or when are we going to get together again? It's been two days and I miss you. When I voiced my suspicions, he denied everything and accused me of imagining things. The OG gaslighter. Yeah. Genuinely. Now, the longer that Priscilla spent with Elvis, the more she realized that his happiness almost solely depended on how his career was going, which meant her happiness depended on Elvis's career too. And by 1965, Elvis's career wasn't looking so hot. No, Elvis wasn't quite the rebel heartthrob he once was anymore. After nearly a decade of starring in feel-good musical comedies, instead of the serious movie roles he actually wanted to do, his public image had become kind of cringe. Like, he wasn't the cool hot thing anymore. He was 30 years old and the world had dramatically changed since his debut. The Beatles had become hugely popular and had taken music to brand new places. In the meantime, Elvis was holed up in MGM Studios, pumping out three lackluster movie musicals a year. Those old school contracts still baffle me. Totally. As per Elvis and me, Elvis blamed his fading popularity on his humdrum movies. He loathed their stock plots and short shooting schedules, but whenever he complained to the colonel, the colonel reminded him that they were making millions. Yeah. According to Priscilla, the Colonel and Elvis's record label, RCA, had also started to meddle with his music. So he wasn't happy with the kind of movies he was putting out. He felt that the Colonel and his record label were meddling too much with his overall sound. Nothing was really flying. No, and Elvis hated the Colonel interfering with his creative process. He said, the old man's tampering with my soundtracks. I don't have a chance in hell. RCA's listening to the Colonel. The man should stick to his deals, keep out of my goddamn affairs. Mm. All of this caused a huge strain on Elvis and Priscilla's relationship. When Priscilla tried to talk to Elvis through these issues, he would get frustrated and tell her she didn't understand what she was talking about, which also seems like a common thread. Any time Priscilla's had an opinion on anything, to do with his work. He cracked it. He lashes out. Once, when Priscilla mentioned that she wasn't so keen on a new song that Elvis was considering recording, he threw a chair at her. She managed to dodge it just in time, so she wasn't hit. But, you know, he was putting her in these situations that were just so dire. Yeah, absolutely. Now, 
While Elvis was struggling with his career, he actually turned to spirituality and philosophy for answers. He had been raised a Christian and was used to the Southern hellfire and brimstone style of preaching. He even held Bible readings in his LA home, which would be attended by fans and admirers, and his sermons could go on for hours. Now, Priscilla wasn't particularly interested in Elvis's intense search for meaning, and her disinterest actually annoyed him. He needed, apparently, his woman to be fascinated by all the same things he was. Yeah, he apparently told her, things will never work out between us, Scylla, because you don't show any interest in me or my philosophies. There are a lot of women out there who would share these things with me. He began to withdraw even further from intimacy with Priscilla, telling her he needed to conquer his desires. Instead of, you know, just relaxing in bed together, he began reading aloud from his philosophy and spirituality books, telling her to stay awake and listen, even waking her up at times to share a piece of philosophy or spirituality that he had found and thought was interesting. Priscilla and his entourage began to worry about Elvis's fanatical side, he began to claim some pretty strange things like that he could see angels and that he could see energy waves moving the stars throughout the universe. Yeah, Elvis's bodyguard Dave Hebler claimed that Elvis told him he could move the clouds in the sky using his mind. Priscilla noted in Elvis and Me that Elvis's mindset improved substantially when he developed an interest in horses. Now, he bought her a horse first, then one for himself, then another and another, until everyone in his entourage had a horse. <laughs> <laughs> At Sorry, everyone. Just doesn't feel like a real narrative. <laughs> Saved by horses. <laughs> it was just so many horses. Yeah. Now Pris- Priscilla reflected that while Elvis continued on his spiritual journey at this time, she had never seen him happier than when he was with the horses. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Just before Christmas in 1966, when Priscilla was 21 years old and Elvis was 31, he finally proposed to her. I was going to say he proposed to the horses. The real love of his life. Sorry, everyone. Okay, yeah, now he did propose. Apparently the colonel had been putting pressure on Elvis to settle down with Priscilla. Living together out of wedlock was still a fairly controversial thing to do at this point in time. And the colonel was obsessed with keeping Elvis's image squeaky clean. Yeah. As per Kayla's love, rumours about an engagement had been circulating for months and Elvis had been getting clear signals from Priscilla, not to mention her father, about the promises he had made. The colonel, too, was urging him to fulfil his obligations. And even if no one had said anything to him, he knew what he had to do. Yeah. Regardless of all of that, it did seem that both Elvis and Priscilla were excited about the engagement. In her book, Priscilla wrote, Our love would be no longer a secret. I'd be free to travel openly as Mrs. Elvis Presley without the fear of inspiring some scandalous headline. Best of all, the years of heartaches and fears of losing him to one of the many girls who were always auditioning for my role were over. Unfortunately, that was some wishful thinking on Priscilla's part. Next week, we are going to cover the Presley's ill-fated marriage and the tragic deaths that occurred in Priscilla's family over the next few decades. What an episode. 
What a series. I cannot wait to tell you guys all about part three. Yeah, you can listen to it right now. You know that. Subscribe to Shane Moore to get part three right now. Otherwise, you'll be waiting till Monday. A big thank you to our pop culture journalist, Eilish Gilligan, for researching and putting this one together. A big thank you to our audio editor, Annabelle Lee, as well. Guys, we will be back in your ears on Thursday for another wrap in the week that was in pop culture. But in the meantime, you know where to find us on socials. Bye. See ya. Shameless Media. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hello guys, Mish here. I am the co-founder of Shameless Media. Thank you so much for giving us your ears and your mind and your time. We're so grateful. If you enjoy the stuff that we produce, may I recommend our brand new podcast, Style-ish Stylish, if you want to say it quickly, style-ish, if you want to take the long way through. It is our podcast for all things fashion, brand, business, and beauty. If that is in your wheelhouse, if you care about style content, you will love this show. It is, of course, more than just a show as well. It is a newsletter. It is an Instagram feed. It is a TikTok account. There is so much good stuff going out on Stylish every single day starting now. So in your favorite app, search for style-ish. Give it a listen. Give it a follow. We are an independent media company and we would be so, so grateful for all your support. That's all for me, guys. Check out Stylish and have a good one.